Welcome to the Chris Tennant Company podcast. Today we have our very special guest, Travis Weaver, the owner of Man Ready Mercantile, established in November 2012, started started by making candles on his stovetop in his apartment. Travis is a man's man, growing up in Zephyr, Zephyr? Zephyr. Zephyr, all right. Zephyr, Texas, which has a population of only a thousand people, playing football, working cattle, welding, and even working on a turkey farm. How are you doing today, brother? Doing amazing. So um, let's talk about uh, growing up in your childhood. How was that like work, um, living in such a small town? Well, you know, I mean, growing up in Zephyr, um, you know, we only had one. We didn't even have a red light. We had a blinking light, you know, <laughs> and so uh, just to kind of slow down while you're going through. We didn't have cops where I'm from. The only uh, authoritative figure was Leroy Polinick, the um, game warden. And, uh, which actually they have more jurisdiction than normal police officers, but, um, you know, it was, uh, you kind of policed yourself. You looked after others in, in your community. You had a, uh, sense of urgency to get things done and have them done right and made, and, you know, if you made something or built something, say a fence or a barn or repaired something, you used quality parts and ingredients or whatever you want to call it because you needed those items to be built to last. Um, so you, you never took anything for granted because things were harder to get, you know, and back then there wasn't the internet, we you know, none of us had cell phones and all that sort of stuff. So you really took a lot of, uh, a lot of thought into every single thing. And those are a lot of like life lessons that, that I learned back then that I carried on into my life now. And that's why here at Man Ready, you know, I, I look at, all the details, where it's made, how it's made, who, you know, who did it, you know, if it's, if it breaks or needs repairing, can I get in touch with them? How's the customer service going to be? You know, we, you know, grew up treating our neighbors like family and that's how we operate to this day in our, in our, in our business. Very cool, man. Uh, I could really tell by the aesthetic of, uh, Man Ready that everything is built with quality and, um, it's just amazing. Honestly, I was talking to one of your employees earlier saying uh, how he started it in a barbecue at uh, doing the pit boss uh, masters and all that. And he was telling me about your uh, how you did your own barbecue sauce. Yeah, I did. A, it's actually a barbecue barbecue rubs. And, you know, during whenever COVID started, um, you know, I guess a year ago now, um, almost to this day, um, you know, I was worried about the future of retail, you know, or how long are shutdowns going to last and you know because it was greatly affecting our business and how our buying patterns and habits going to um, um, change and what are how are things going to morph into um, is it going to be everything going to go online um, is it going to be is brick and mortar dead um, uh, so you know long story short I was nervous right and so uh, I needed a fallback plan. And so what I did is I noticed that everybody was cooking and drinking. You know, everybody's drunk these days and, and everybody's a stay at home cook now and uh, they're a master level chef now. So it's like, well, you know, I see all these people buying all these cocktail mixers and cooking supplies and stuff like that. I've got a lot of, you know, background in cooking. I've done like, you know, I do like instructional cooking videos and I worked at Ruth Chris Steakhouse part of the time while I was in college. Um, I, um, uh, was actually on the Food Network with uh, Jeffrey Zarkarian as the host. Really, um, you know, so I had some, I had some credibility, I guess, and so I uh, uh, started making uh, spices and rubs uh, at a co-packer here in town, and I came out with a few different SKUs, and and um, <clears throat> a friend of mine helped me set up the website, and basically, 
we went out to market and um, you know started selling the products online and to wholesale, in, to wholesale and luckily I had a lot of contacts from that um, and I'd kind of do that and in, in, you know in the evenings and on the weekends um, aside from my day job at Manority and uh, you know it was just if things really hit the fan you know I've got a backup plan otherwise I'd be moving back at home staying with my mom and <laughs> mowing yards or whatever you know and that's and that's all good too but. I really didn't want to have to go do some of those things. So luckily it worked out really well and uh, it's kind of was uh, paced on the fast track. And uh, so now I'm making barbecue rubs and spices and the entity is called BBQ Rubdown, like barbecue rubdown. And um, it's a lot of fun. You know, it's definitely a lot of uh, business with pleasure, you know, you yeah. get to eat good food, do some cool, you know, cooking and tutorials and all the fun stuff. It's just a lot of fun. It's a blessing to be able to, to have uh, created that opportunity and it worked out really well. That sounds like a fun job just to mess yeah. around with eating good food, drinking with friends, yeah. testing all that. That sounds actually a lot of fun. It is. And um, the timing was just really right on that. Uh, I've messed up a whole lot in my life and I've made some products that were not winners. And this one just happened to be right time, right place and great product. And it off to the races. <laughs> so initially just starting out, you just kind of hit it on the first one and then we're able to take off from there. Yeah, I made two rubs or two spices uh, technically in the beginning, and then uh, I made three more, so I have five total, and then we also put all five in a gift box, and I made some cool swag to go along with it. You got like stadium cups and koozies and uh, stickers and magnets and the t-shirts and the ball caps and stuff like that, um, you know, and uh, uh, it just, everything kind of clicked. The packaging's great, and I kind of knew that from experience uh, at Man Ready, what people gravitated towards. Um, but we sell it here and, to, and at other retailers and then, of course, on uh, bbqrubdown.com. And uh, so just I kind of, I guess, stepped back in time. What was it? Monster Man 2012. So that's eight, nine, nine years ago. Uh, so I'm, I'm back at it, slinging, <laughs> slinging products out of my house. So full, a, full revolution. That's awesome, man. And uh, it's funny because one of your employees uh, was saying that everything you touch turns to gold. And it, re it really shows like the integrity that you have as a person and just the appreciation that your employees have for you and shows like your hard work instilled into the, like what Man Radio is today. Yeah, you know, I mean, uh, like I said, I've messed up a, <laughs> I've messed up a lot. Um, and I, you know, I typically fail at several things daily but you know I'm, a lot of people get frustrated with that and they they feel defeated and they feel like oh, somebody doesn't like my idea or they're not listening to them or they're not doing this and that maybe maybe you need to learn from that and understand that like hey you're going to mess up stuff all the time and instead of you know kind of you know getting upset about it or lashing out to somebody else you're working with or friend or family or whoever it is you're talking to you need to understand if they're not getting it maybe you're not delivering it in the right way or maybe you need to evaluate what the what the idea is and and use that to your advantage instead of looking at it like okay you know understand like hey maybe this i messed up or i failed or this wasn't right or this needs tweaking or twisting or turning because not everybody's going to like what you have to say and it's not going to always be their way or your way and you know if you listen to to others you're going to be able to get a lot of you know good feedback on do i pursue this quote unquote dream or this idea or whatever, or is it just legitimately, um, not a good one? You know, it's tough. And I, and I think back, like whenever I started Manorady, um, I had a product, uh, I was actually at my buddy's house and, um, uh, it was a basalt actually. And, uh, I was like, you know, I'm going to put this, uh, basalt in like a whiskey bottle and I'm not going to call it a basalt. I'm going to call it a tub soak. It's a little manlier sounding. Right. And he's like, 
dude, what what guy is gonna buy this stuff? <laughs> he's like, it's chicks. You know, I'm like, what? I was like, why do you why are you why do you say that? And he's like, I, I'm not taking a bath. I'm like, dude, John Wayne took baths. Don't you're not that tough, buddy. It, it just drop the tough guy attitude. You know, it's like the whole point was is a, you know, I saw kind of a. Uh, a void and you know this is nine years ago and a lot's changed since then so back then there wasn't a whole lot of stuff offered like that there was some like some dude stuff but it was all kind of tchotchke kind of like dude candles and <laughs> man candles and all this stuff like that and so that's what i didn't want to do but i wanted to take products that were typically made for and kind of marketed to women and make them sort of okay and marketable towards guys and uh, you just got to twist and turn it around a little bit make it a little bit more marketable and kind of put your spin on it and um so I wanted things to be a little bit on the premium side, you know, I wanted quality ingredients, quality packaging, quality story, quality everything, quality flyers, you know, from the ground up, everything I wanted to be quality. And there's a price tag associated with it, you know, uh, you can halfway do things, you get stuff made as cheap as physically possible. But again, like where I grew up, that's just not the, that wasn't in me, you know, I didn't want to be a store or a business or an online entity or whatever it may be, uh, just selling the cheapest thing out there. And that's the only reason why'd you buy it? Yeah, it was just a, it was just cheap. It was just a good deal. No, I want people to. Why'd you buy it? Well, this dude's got a store. He's got this awesome crew. He's got this cool store. He's got the you know everything there is just amazing. It's just everything's built to last. If it's you know it's like heirloom pieces on the on the leather goods and stuff like that. It's kind of like you know hand me down items. You know, I mean, you know, you always look forward to. You know, like these heirloom, when I say heirloom pieces, I mean, you think about it, nobody's ever passed down a Jan Sport backpack from Walmart <laughs> <laughs> to <Yeah>. their grandson. <laughs> like, oh, thanks, granddad. This $19 backpack's awesome. No, it's crap. If you it's know? still like, <laughs> if it <laughs> hasn't ripped in like five places. Yeah, I mean, or... maybe, sure, but you don't care. You're not going to take care of it. You're yeah. not going to covet it. You're not going to, you know, like have this emotional story about it. You're just like, thanks for the crappy backpack. You know, like you don't care, you know, as opposed to the... <laughs> vintage you know call it the vintage you know filson backpack or you know whatever bag or something like that that's just this cool amazing leather that tells a story and you'll talk to you about how he conditioned the leather to keep it intact and cared for it and did whatever and that's you know and if you care for it in this and that it's going to last more generations or whatever i mean those are stories that you you don't get by just cutting corners and being you know cheap and it'll apply to a lot of different things not just products you know what i mean and so uh you know um we just look at you know i think about all those things you know all the all the different um when we're buying products here and then also making products because we do both you know but uh i knew right back then uh when i was talking to my buddy about those bass loss because he was hesitant and saying i'm not gonna do all that he is he was coached in his mind to believe that that was for women right but why why, why is that? You know, and that's because, you know, advertising and whatnot, it, you know, they put it in a pink bottle with a purple bow on it and it made it smell like, you know, feminine side. Roses but but yeah, yeah, but why? You know, it yeah. just, it was awkward. And so, uh, I was like, this, these are unisex products, but they kind of went this one direction. If you do the right, do it right, people, you'll break that sort of stereotype or whatever it may be. And the stigma, the stigma, uh, yeah. And you'll, you can open up a whole separate target audience, right? Or whatever. And so I was like, you know, what would be better than, you know, market it kind of like, you know, after a tough day's work, you know, you're working hard or you're working out or you're doing whatever and you're stressed out because you're a go-getter and you're, you know, burning at both ends. Come home, pour, you know, pour a whiskey, you know, get in the tub, chill out and go crush, the, you know, go crush tomorrow. 
I mean, so that's a different spin on it, right? Other than, you know, here's your bubble bath, buddy. You know, yeah. that, you know it's, it's, you know, just how you, it's again, it's how you, it's how you sell yourself. It's how you develop the story, how you develop the product. And a lot of people forget that they want to come out of the gates with this amazing product and it could be amazing. But the problem is it's not, it might not be amazing to people's eyes because they're not going to take the time to even listen to the story because there was no, you didn't have the hook. You didn't have the catch and people forget that the, the story is equally as important as the product you know, in many cases. So, uh, that's how we, that's how I did it with pretty much everything. Everything had a story, everything had a reason and, um, you know, made some mistakes along the way. That's for sure. But learned from them and kept getting stronger and stronger and stronger instead of like, I'm just getting beat down, beat down, beat down. This didn't work. And I'll cost, this cost me all this money and all this time, whatever. Well, it did. So what are you gonna do about it? You know? Yeah. You <laughs> so cry about it. And I mean, nobody's going to care less, you know, they don't care about all that. Only way is to go forward. Just move forward. So pick up the pieces, Understand you messed up, you screwed up, you know, you don't walk on water. You just got to move on. Amen. Yeah, how are you? <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah, so, so um, what was your motive initially from starting, like, you know, for a bad sauce to soy candles to other apothecary? Like, it's kind of like you said, even to this day, I feel there isn't a big niche for men or it, there isn't that many products focused for, not necessarily for men, but like for unisex, <laughs> like you were saying. And I feel like that is something that is so missed about with all the candle manufacturers right now. Like you said, they focus towards women. And I like that you go against the grain and you go at the beat of your own drum. Yeah. You know, so, you know, a lot's changed in those nine years and, uh, you know, I'm just always one of these, uh, you know, I want everything to be, you know, kind of a level playing field and equal and so on and so forth. And so I kind of look at those little gaps and stuff and see sort of <clears throat> shimmers of uh, opportunity and whatnot. And those opportunity, it's not just for me, you know, it's like, you know, you're creating jobs, you're picking up other brands, be able to carry in your store. You can tell their story, promote their products on social media and other retailers, therefore are going to pick their products up. So you're helping a lot of other people inadvertently. I mean, you got to, you got to take care of yourself too, right? If you can't pay your own light bill, you're stressed, stressed out of your mind about, you know, how to put gas in your car or whatever. You can't, you can't do much for any, anybody else, right? You're, you're no good to yourself. You're not going to be good to anybody else. So you got to, you know, take care of the home front, but also that'll allow you the flexibility and the freedom, the opportunities to kind of spread your wings and help others along the way. <clears throat> um, so, you know, I, I originally started by making, you know, the, the basalt was one of them, but the original one was uh, soy candles and reusable whiskey glasses. So other people had been using the same glasses, you know, 50 years or whatever. I mean, a long time. It's like the world's most popular candle glass. But they didn't call them a whiskey glass. And really, they were. They were like a, what's it called? A lowball tumbler or what they call it, but, uh, or a tumbler. Um, and, um, these had a real strong base on them so they could absorb or they, they could take a lot of heat from the candle. If you have a thin base on them, they tend to, there's a higher likelihood of breaking. Uh, especially under the high heat. So these had a real strong, durable base that had a good feel to them. Um, I just happened to have them in my, in my, uh, you know, pantry closet or whatever you call it, the, uh, shelving or whatever. So I pulled some down. I went and took these classes from this magazine called Le uh, Leisure Learning. I got it at Kroger. It was like a little free magazine that had local artisanal classes in there. You could pay like $35 and go to. So whether it's, learning about soap making, which I did, uh, candle making, you want to learn French, you want to learn how to play badminton or whatever. I mean, they got all this stuff in there. And so I took all these different classes, apothecary or aromatherapy. And I don't know, I took a lot and I was looking at all these other products that were kind of typically for women. And so candles and bubble bath, bath salts, 
um, like these like room sprays and stuff like that, um, lotion, soaps, all kinds of stuff. And um, I want I knew that that um, you know I started looking around at these different candle companies making candles, and like I said, there were like some that were just goofy. You know, they were like trying to market them towards guys. And I think there was this one called like Man Can or something like <laughs> that, and they smelled like one of them was like gasoline, and the other one's like yard clippings. Oh and man. Like, this is just goofy. So, um, no offense to them, but it's not, <laughs> not, it's not, I'm not going to smell a candle that smells like a spare tire or whatever. You know, it, it's just goofy to me. Yeah. And um, maybe that's, there's a, they got a niche that I don't even know about, but good for them if they do. But regardless, I wanted mine to be more elevated, gifty, you know, and then because everybody during the holidays are always like, what do I get them? They're just so hard to buy for. If they want something, they'll just go buy it for themselves. So it's like, well, you know, they, that, they could be that type of person, but they're always still going to be able to take a, say, a candle. You know, I mean, that's just a no-brainer to me. And um, it's just a nice little gift. It doesn't blow you out of the water on the price tag or anything like that. And, then, you know, you get to use it twice. You get to burn the candle, and then when you're done, wash it out, clean it out. You got a whiskey glass. So it's kind of the gift that keeps on giving. So I kind of kept thinking about those sort of things, and I just marketed it as soy candles and reusable whiskey glasses. Nobody else had done that, you know? So... You know, there's an interesting story where there's, um, I'm going to totally just butcher this, but you'll get the premise. Apparently, somewhere around the turn of the century, there was, um, um, no no man had a wristwatch. Those were only made for women. They were small, dainty, they would scratch, they weren't waterproof. Um, but every man, by the time he was like 15, 16 years old, had a pocket uh, pocket watch, right? They were large, they had the cover on them that, cover, that protected the glass, <clears throat> so on and so forth. There was, I can't remember what war or skirmish or something it was, but um, I want to see it was in like Burma or somewhere, I don't know. Uh, regardless, they would time artillery coming down while they were in these bunkers, and they would they would travel from bunker to bunker depending on the the intervals that the, they were getting rained down on, right? Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> if you imagine you're sitting there, you know... Uh, <laughs> You know, young guy, and you're having to pull out your, you know, getting bombed on, and you pull out your pocket watch to run from bunker to bunker <laughs> while you're carrying all your gear. I mean, it's just got to be kind of awkward, right? And so they, what they started doing is they'd put those, they'd take the lid off of the cover off of it, and they would start using leather straps and things like that to bind it to the wrist, <clears throat> so they could it was more accessible, right? So after the war, they started making watches larger. You know, eventually, you know, scratch resistant, waterproof and so on and so forth. But they they twisted and turned a product that was typically only geared to women and made it okay for guys. So it was kind of part of the history or a butchered history of the 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 wristwatch. So, you know, you can kind of change the way that people perceive things. And uh, that was one example that I'd kind of read. And again, this has been nine years ago that I'd read that. So I just kept on doing that. And eventually, um, you know, with the website, um, this uh, Shopify just came out. Uh, I don't even know if Instagram was out yet. Really? Yeah. Everybody's using Twitter at the time. I mean, Facebook was, people were using Facebook, but it wasn't like, um, I don't know. It's just weird. You know, it's just different at that time. You More know? for like friends and. Yeah. I mean, it just wasn't, nothing was like it is now, you know? And uh, I think whenever Instagram originally came out, we weren't even posting pictures to Instagram. We would take the photos with the iPhone and then use the Instagram filter app, filter to make the pictures cooler and then add them to the website. So we weren't even posting on Instagram because none of our friends were even using it. And then it kind of took off and then Shopify became a big thing. They started adding all kinds of robust features to their site and so on and so forth. And um, 
So I was just slinging the products out of my apartment and I'd make them there, which was where I made them all. And then I'd go sell them at flea markets on the weekend. And I would make, you know, I'd call up retailers and say, Hey, you know, can I, you know, I make these products in Houston. Can I send you some samples? And so I'd pick up wholesale accounts there. A lot of times I'd just walk right in the store if they were like here in Houston or if I was traveling or something, I'd always have products with me in a crate. I'd walk in and say, Hey, you know, pitch them the idea. Um, so whatever I could do to pick up wholesale online traffic and then uh, selling at the flea markets. And I do them all the time. I'd also sell, a, I'd go to like bars and set up at night and sell products there under a tent. Um, just anything I could do. And I'd sell vintage goods there, which I grew up doing, um, you know, going to flea markets and stuff like that with my grandparents. And so I learned all about vintage, you know, antiques and stuff, junkin', you know. And I'd sling stuff there with, you know, that, and that kind of added it a little bit of an element of mystique or interest, you know, because I had to get some cool stuff. People were just like, oh my God, you know, that's just, where'd you find that? And you have a cool story with that. And then uh, fast forward a little bit, you know, I uh, got a fr- few friends together, we partnered up, got this retail space in 2014 here at 321 West 19th Street in Houston, and um, opened the store here. And we were making all the products downstairs. Uh, which was nice because I got to get everything out of my apartment. It was livable again. <laughs> and then uh, we opened the main storefront up, upstairs. So we're officing and making everything downstairs and taking it upstairs and selling it and continuing to grow our wholesale and, um, and our online presence at manready.com. And um, we opened uh, an airport location. We had it for a few years and we closed that up and then opened our, our other location on South Congress in Austin. So things have grown. We've been able to create some jobs, do a lot of things behind the scenes with um, people in our, uh, in our community, uh, our neighbors, uh, people that, you know, in, in all walks of life that we, we take a lot of pride in, in working with and helping others and promoting their endeavors. If it's a business oriented type of deal or a nonprofit or whatnot. So we try to give back as much as we can, you know, we're not made of money and we don't have to don't have all the time in the world, but we do what we can within our, our means. Did you learn that from just growing up in Zephyr as a small town family helping out family? Yeah, I mean, that's just the way you have to operate there. You know, if somebody needed, you know, to borrow, um, you know, some fix a flat for your tire or some bailing wire or whatever it may be, you know, you go over to your neighbor's place and, you know, back then you'd you'd go over unannounced and knock on their door. Now I don't even know what somebody would do. (laughs) Who's knocking on my door? What is that? Is this somebody trying to break in here? You know, so things are so different. And, uh, but yeah, you would, you definitely a big, uh, part of, of growing up where I did was being respected as being a good neighbor. If you weren't, you, you had a rough time, you know, if you weren't a good neighbor, you know, it's just, you know, people policed yourselves, like I said there, and you, so they took great pride in being that person that you could go to and, you know, you'd, uh, you know, show up to church and you'd bring a casserole, you know, or something like that. If a family, if you knew the family was going through a hard time or you'd, they were going through a hard time and you'd, you know, you just show up over there with a, you know, a turkey, you know, or something or a meatloaf or whatever they were doing. And, and that's just how you, they did things. So if you knew somebody was in a situation or going through a tough time and they needed some help or whatever there, you just take care of your, 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 your friends, family, and your neighbors. And so we, um, we try to do what we can over here. That's for sure. And yeah, we just kind of carried that on over. I mean, you don't just, at least me, I just didn't stop. You know, I'd always like to do more stuff. You know, we try and we try to think outside the box with the crew and bring in things that they're looking at, people, things they see or issues or problems or so-and-so needs help or whatever and do what we can. And, you know, it's, it's fun. It's exciting. And, and it, you feel good about yourself. And hopefully if people see that, maybe they'll take it upon themselves to do the same. Yeah. You know? And uh, that'd be pretty cool if everybody's done something good for somebody else every day. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like not many companies can say that, you know, it's people helping people. And I feel like just 
the market in general has kind of forgotten about that. And I really do like about this business that you get back to the community, you get back to your employees, you're supporting everything. And that's, that's why I wanted to get y'all on the podcast. When y'all responded back to the email, I was just like, I was so happy, honestly, because oh. this is, I've been following y'all for a while on Instagram and I've seen, you know, what y'all do. I see, I've heard your story and I just really thought that my fellow young entrepreneurs can learn something from you. And I, even just in the like 26 minutes, I feel like they have maybe like two hours worth of content just from that. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, that's good. I, I never know what people are looking for or whatever. And we cover, I like to cover a lot of ground, but. Also, like people to know, you know, you can, you can grow up, you know, we grew up very poor. Uh, we didn't have much at all. I mean, you know, five people in a two room house, basically wow. two bedroom house, um, you know, on a farm with land that wasn't worth even farming. It was, everything was what they call cleachy, the, mm. the ground. It's just not good for growing crops. So, um, <clears throat> just a, a hard life, you know, and, um, you know, you're like I said, early in life, you know, I worked at a turkey farm. I'd ride my bicycle down there because I wasn't old enough to drive at the time. So I'd ride my bicycle down a dirt road, work on the turkey farm, pick up dead turkeys and put them in a bag. And then, oh, wow. <laughs> um, which is, it, it's as bad as it sounds, if not worse. Um, worked at a turkey farm, you know, we'd mow yards, we'd haul hay in the summers, you know, square bells. I don't mean with like picking up round bells with the tractor. I'm talking about picking up, you know, 60 to 70 pound, you know, yeah, give three or take. string bales. Yeah. You know, square bales. I mean, yeah. you know, you're mm-hmm. having to you call it humping them on a, into a trailer, you know, you're lifting, you're throwing them onto a trailer or throw them off the trailer in the barn. So, I mean, it's hard work, you know, on average, we do about a thousand square bales a day, which is wow. sun up to sundown nonstop. I mean, to be able to do that, that number. And, um, you know, I got paid 10 cents a bell, <clears throat> you know, that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, if you think about it, thousand bucks a day, get paid in cash, hundred bucks a day. Yeah. You know, so for 15, 16, 17, 18 year old kid, you know, during the summers, that's pretty good money. So that's how we got money for school clothes. That's got how I got money for my vehicle, gas money, the whole thing. And um, so learning the value of hard work and understanding from a very young age that you don't have to grow up with a silver spoon in your mouth. You don't ask, have to ask for a handout. You don't have to. Uh, have everything right now just like you want it and you do have to sometimes work for things and you and you will fail along the way and understanding that and getting through your head uh is very important and um uh i just learned from a young age that nothing was going to be given to me ever and that's just the way it was and so you know it didn't have i mean i don't want to discredit any of our teachers or whatnot but i'm not going to say that we had we didn't have ib league (laughs) teachers you know they were amazing people they it was just very different so they would the way they taught as opposed to some other things it's just a different type of teaching i guess you could say you know because you're this that geographic area is just very different than say a big city type of teaching yeah private charter school just just different right Mm -hmm. and so not that it was better or worse or anything it was just so i got very valuable lessons and type of childhood uh schooling that um compounded very well with going off to you know large university and so on and so forth so i was able to see incorporate the small town values and kind of way of life and there was a lot of things i didn't like you know not everything's roses that's for sure yeah. but different things um <clears throat> and incorporate it and blend it with you know some of the bigger city kind of you know sort of thing and so i kind of married the two together you know and you know um so it, it worked out well for me um and looking back there's a lot of things that I would have done differently, of course, and there's a lot of things I wouldn't change for the world. Let's expand on that. What would you change differently if you could? 
you could go back in time and you could change anything um, that you could, what would you do? You know, I would have, I definitely would have paid more attention to certain classes in school. That's for sure. Um, and um, at the time, you know, I just, I didn't, I wasn't thinking about going to college. So I didn't really care. I did fine in school, no, no doubt about it. But I just didn't like, I wasn't obsessed with going home and like doing homework. I was go- obsessed with going home and like fishing or, uh, ch- you know, going out and cutting firewood so I could sell the firewood and make more money, you know, make money for whatever it is I was, I was needing, you know. Um, and so I wish I would have slowed down more and, and <clears throat> actually, you know, not focused, had or had, I, I don't know. I don't know if it was because it was a necessity that I had to focus on making money. Um, because if I didn't, I would just knew that I wasn't going to have a vehicle. I was going to be taking the school bus to school. Yes, end of the world as <laughs> like know? a teenager. <laughs> I mean, yeah, right. I mean, because yeah. I was there was going there would be no vehicle. There would be no gas if I did have a vehicle. There would be no, you know, we lived on dirt roads. It's rough on tires. You know, you're literally you're SOL, right? So, so you have to think about all these things because it was it was not going to happen any other way. So if I didn't go home and chop firewood, then I would not have gas to be able to go. Yeah, go take a girl on a date. Take, take my girlfriend out, you know, into Bra- big city of Brownwood to a movie, you know, or something, you know, which was like 15 miles away. I mean, these things, otherwise you're just going to be stuck out there on this crappy little farm. Yeah. <laughs> and that's it. I mean, you know, so I, you know, I had choices. I could have sat there on that crappy little farm studying more and like preparing myself more, say, in having the goal to go to college. But it just at the time, I just wasn't. The mentality was different. So that was a, that is one thing that was just a different type of mentality than say like my friends that were from larger cities that were preparing to go to college. And they knew that the more they prepared in say high school, <clears throat> the easier it's going to be in college. So when I went to school, although I was, I wasn't an idiot. I mean, you know, I, the things that were very easy for almost every single friend of mine and student in that class was very difficult for me because I was, I was just really, really behind. I, but I, again, I didn't have that big dog education or whatever you want to call it. You know, I just, it, you know, it's <laughs> very yeah. different. And yeah. so I was, what was very easy to them <clears throat> was very complicated to me. So I'd, then I, so I paid the price later, you know, and I, I was having to manage college life, which I'd only, you know, I'd heard stories about people, you know, going to Sixth Street in Austin and all this stuff. And they call it the, what's a fraternity? I didn't even know whether the fraternity was for guys and sorority was for girls. I didn't even know the difference. You know what I mean? So there's things I didn't even know about. You know, I'd, Zephyr, in Zephyr, we, we didn't have restaurants or anything. Really? Yeah. No, no, no stores, no restaurants. We had Petty's Grocery Feed and Seed. Uh, that's where you get your kind of your sandwich meat and your canned food and your feed and, you know, Mountain Dew or whatever, <laughs> you know, Gatorade. Um, and, there was, a, I think there was a small cafe there at the time called Bulldog Cafe. I don't know if it was there the whole time that I was in uh, in school there. But we, we went to the same, that school was all K through 12. I had 22 students in my graduating class. Wow. So to give you an idea, I think there was like 140 students in the whole entire school. So, I mean, I, to put it in perspective, you know, I want to paint the picture a little better of what we were kind of working with, you know. And so, um, just very, very different. And, but yeah, I, I was, I wish I could go back in time and actually like study more, pay more attention to stuff and be more set up, set up for success whenever I did go to college. And then whenever I was in college, I wish I would have, um, um, worked less during that time as well, you know? And, but again, I was always wanting to try to come ahead because I was always so worried at the time about money. And that's, so that's, it's catch 22. It's weird. That's interesting. Yeah. I've never, so 
I grew up in like Greenspoint area and I used to go to school, high school there in Greenspoint. I was all in all AP. Then I moved to Klein district. And then I went there thinking I was like hot shit because I was like really smart. And then I go over here and these kids know like twice, twice as smart as I am. And it was such a, a shock to me. I thought it was, you know, coming, coming from a school, AP classes, you know, top five. Um, and then coming in here and it was like, damn, you're not even ten, top 10%. Yep. That was the biggest shock for me. And for me was the biggest blessing in disguise, even though I felt I was very behind. It helped me catch up. And then once I went to college, it helped me continue on and actually do a lot better than a lot of my people that graduated from Aldi. And that because a lot of them, unfortunately, they did drop out because like you said, that work-life balance wasn't there mm-hmm. along with schoolwork. And a lot of them didn't make it, which it makes me very uh, grateful that I had that shock a lot sooner when I was in high school. Cause I used to wrestle. I had a job. I was an all AP. And so it's like, I would literally come home um, or end school, go to wrestling practice for two hours, go to work after that. And then it'd be like 10 o'clock and I'd be doing homework till like 12. And then I wake up at six yeah. and that it, it kind of amazes me now. Cause during the college life, I, I can't see myself doing that anymore. Yeah. Like the amount of work ethic that I was able to do that it's, it's insane. And it really shows that growing up in, not necessarily impoverished, impoverished or anything, but growing up, having to work for your stuff and uh, knowing the meaning of, of value of money and, you, you know, like fam- familial values really molded to who I was today. And that's, it, it, that's what really resonated with me with your products. And it just, I, I really like yourself, man. It's cool. Well, you know, I think that's important. I mean, it makes it sound like I was just, everything was all about money, but I just, I, I just knew that I wasn't going to be able to, if I didn't, you know, I was in a rock and a hard spot, like in saying <clears throat> in college, if I didn't, I had to pay my own tuition. I had to pay my own rent. I had to pay, there, you know, there was no help. There was no other way. Right. And, um, you know, my books for school, I mean, all that stuff, I had to pay for it. So I had to work and, you know, and I had, you know, and many times two jobs at one time, you know what I mean? Plus school. And, you know, or, you know, whenever I did my internship, I had a job that paid, you know, paid things and I had my internship as well and then, and school at the same time. So I had to have, I had to work and, you know, waiting tables and, and whatnot. And, um, you know, so many times that, you know, I'd get off at midnight, you know, by the time I was done with the last table and cleaning bus, you know, cleaning up and everything. And that time I'd have to go study because that's the only time I had. And so then you're up at, you know, seven to go be back class by eight or whatever. So it's, um, it was definitely a challenge, but it's at the same time, like there, there was no amount of complaining or that would help no amount of whatever. I just had to accept that this is the situation and tell it is. And you either whine about it, cry about it and whatever, and beat myself up every day and, or I figure out that, like, you know, you just got to make, like, just keep moving forward. Just gotta, <laughs> you just got to keep moving forward. And so, uh, a lot of lessons, but it, by learning about the value of a dollar, um, I respect other people's as well now. So, by learning from that through, you know, high school and college life, understanding that I know that whenever people's people, whenever people come in here, I want them to get the most, most bang for their buck. I don't want somebody to have buyer's remorse here. I don't want them to feel ever taken advantage of or whatever. We have standard MSRP on all of our products. We don't mark up products here, for instance. Whatever the manufacturer's suggested retail price is, that's what we put on it. 
Um, so we price our products, um, you know, fairly as well. And, you know, these, these handmade items and made local and, and not made on huge assembly lines and some, you know, overseas, this and that and other thing, there's a cost associated with it. But people are kind of coached on some of these other prices that are almost unrealistic because they're making them as cheap as you possibly can. We're not trying to do that. We're trying to do the complete opposite. We're trying to make the best product, the best vessel, the best packaging, the best label, the best photography. You know, we want everything, you know, to be and feel the best. And, 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 and that's what people have grown to expect here. You know, sure, you do pay more than what you would of buying something from, you know, a pair of jeans from The Gap or something. That you don't know where it's made. Like 15 it's bucks. You don't care. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you just don't care. You just bought it. It'll last like a year, maybe. Yeah, you just yeah. don't care, right? Here, the, you know, these the guys that buy this, you know, what they call raw denim here, they wear these things like 300 days a year. You know, they have like two pair. So what's better is it is better to have two $200 pair of jeans or is it better to have, you know, 10, you know, $40 pair of jeans that you just don't care about, you know? Yeah. And so uh, it's, it's, you know, different strokes for different folks. And, uh, but I respect people's hard on money and I want them to know that when they come in here and they, we have the privilege of having some of it to give to our crew and to our community or whoever it is that we're helping or working with or that it's going, it's going to the right places, you know, and it's, and it's, and even through all this, this whole pandemic we've been going through, you know, because the general public, they're sharp, they're smart, right? They, yeah. They'll see right through you real quick if mm-hmm. you're not doing the right thing. So they, when they came into businesses like ours and supported us through this, whether it was in store or online to make sure that we were still around whenever this stuff all, you know, when, yeah, yeah. It cools off or whatever. <laughs> so they, they, it, it worked, right? <clears throat> and they, they felt that, you know, you can't go tell them that every day, you know, it's weird. It's awkward. Yeah. <laughs> you just got to kind of show it in your every single day walk yeah. of life and have the right staff too. And luckily that's why we don't have much of a turnover because we you know when we have, we will go through people, but the ones that stay are the ones that have the same beliefs of treating people right, fairly, equally, doing things behind the scenes to help others do all that sort of stuff. And therefore the general customer, the general consumer, sees that falls in love with that and you're their customer for life because they love it you know they don't mind paying a little bit more to have something made locally because they know they will tell them the story behind it and this and that and they're going to go share that with their friends whenever they get that item to them as a gift that's something that's the story that i was telling you that's equally as important as the product itself people never should forget that you always need the story on whatever it is on yourself on the product you're making on Whatever it is, I can't stress it enough to people. You got to have the story for whatever you're you're getting into. You know what I mean? And keep growing it, right? (laughs) (laughs) I know you talked about quality versus quantity too, which I think is interesting because I started my own candle business and I do like a coconut blend. And my mom, uh, she buys them the Bath and Body Works candles and all this stuff, and she's like, "Why would I buy this little one?" for like almost the same price as the Bath and Body was and I get a big one. I was like, well, just light it. I was like, see what happens. I was like, yeah. So uh, she, long story short, she lighted it and it lasted twice. It's still going. It's like three times as long as that Bath and Body's can- Body Works candle. And it showed, you know, the hot throw, the cold, uh, cold throw. Mm-hmm. And it showed just the quality that it was. And someone that she, she loves a good deal, always like going for the cheapest stuff. Mm-hmm. And she was like, wow, I... I was wrong about this. And that was the biggest thing for me is like, this is something that I want to show 
to my customers. And this is something that I believe in too. It's like you said, it's like, I'd rather have this one candle last me a lot longer than all these other ones and know that it's made by someone that has good intentions and is a good story than just about the more works like, you know, bulk to two for 20 deal. Yeah. And that's, yeah, that's what I want to reflect to my audience is that not, it's not the best to just have as much quantity go to the, you know, get stuff, sell for a dollar, sell it for like five times that. Uh, if it's not a good quality, it's like people aren't going to gravitate towards that. I would much rather go buy from this store a hundred times over than go to Bath and Body Works now yeah. because I know you, you bring everybody in, customers by the story, by you. Like you're a natural at <laughs> just like talking and making people feel included. And it shows by your employees as well. You have good quality people. So you bring in the same type of people, good quality people. Yeah, you know, it's it's contagious, right? Yeah. You know, and that's so there I tell, you know, the the crew all the time. I mean, you know, there's there's uh, I like things that create um positivity and um and consistency. Uh things that I personally try to do better every day because although I preach it, I need to I want to try to also back it up every day. I just like any human, I get you know, <laughs> frazzled and strung out in a bunch of different directions throughout the day. And I kind of have to like take a deep breath, think about those things like, Hey, pump the brakes, chill out for a second, get back on track, get consistent, get, you know, <clears throat> get your, uh, get your legs back up underneath you. And a good example of, of, uh, an analogy that, I, that, I, that I'll tell people sometimes is, um, I like to clean my vehicle on Sunday. So I'll go to the car wash, clean it myself, you know, inside, outside, the whole deal, have it spotless. And that way I'm starting the week off, you know, I've got a nice clean vehicle. It smells good. The whole deal. I'm dodging the potholes, you know, I'm careful, you know, I'm, 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 um, observant and I'm taking care of it. Kick my shoes off before I get in it. You know, the whole deal. Now, as the week goes by, it gets a little dirtier, a little dirtier. Now what's happened? I don't really care about the potholes. I don't care about this. And it's just kind of, it kind of goes downhill. Yeah, tracks mud in it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I am. So the point is, if you can keep things, you know, nice and tight and clean and organized in your personal life, meaning at your home, your vehicle, it's going to reflect in your business and so on and so forth. You need to do this because it, it, it keeps you wanting to stay nice and tight and have everything put together. Because if you're not really well put together um, on, a, on the smaller things, I don't think you're going to be very put together. You're certainly not going to be put together on those bigger picture things. And so it, it's a trust issue to, to a certain degree. You know what I mean? Like, <clears throat> I don't care, you know, um, if, if you, if you drive a nice vehicle, I mean, you know, if you have like an, I don't care if you have a 1963 Volkswagen Beetle or what, like a range, brand new Range Rover or whatever. I want to see how you take care of it. You know what I mean? Are you, does it look like you're living does it look like a, you know, you got Burger King wrappers yeah, in, it. Up yeah. in there? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I want to see how you're taking care of that sort of thing. You know, are you making your bed in the morning? Are you able to do, to do that simple little task before you even get your day started? I, otherwise, I don't have a lot of faith that you're going to be able to go crush the world, you know. Yeah, seize the day, crush the yeah, yeah. You can't even make your bed. You can't even can't keep your car clean. You can't even take care of that. How are you going to take care of somebody else's stuff? They're somebody else's property. How are you going to respect their stuff? How are you going to have a clear mind and a... You know, so I'm sure there's people that are able to, to do all that, but <laughs> yeah, there's probably more people than not. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. just putting a little common logic here. Yeah. So um, I like to see those things like I try to implement them in my life. And sometimes, like I said, I'll fall, I'll fly off the rails and, you know, then I got to 
reset. Hard, you got to reset you know, and, and understanding that, you know, that's okay. You know, you're, you're human. Yeah. But some little things like that always kind of look at. So keeps me going. Yeah. I feel like starting out the day, it's, it's funny that you said like make the bed. Um, I think I learned, this was from Mad Dog Mattis, the, uh, one of the, I forgot, he was one of the top Marines. Uh, I forgot, was it lieutenant or colonel? But he was like really up there in the Marine uh, world. And he always said, always start your day by making your bed. And you have that small one to go off of the day. So it was like, even if you did not, you had all these like loses all through the day, at least you could, you would come home to a made bed. So right. it's like, start your day off with that small win and then keep on building upon that. It's kind of like a snowball effect. I mean, that's how they do it in the military, right? Yeah. I mean, did you see the speech that they gave, you know, through the University of Texas, uh, the comm- commencement speech? Uh, I think it was Admiral of the Navy mm-hmm. and uh, had a lot of really good, uh, it's probably one of the best speeches I've, I've ever heard, to be honest with you. Um, <clears throat> really good thoughts on how that, and it all starts, like you said, making your bed. And uh, yeah, no matter how bad your day is. <laughs> You still get to go home to a well-made bed. And sometimes <laughs> that's a big thing, right? Yeah. So there, there's a lot to be said for all those little things like that. And I'll always applaud people that have their shit so well put together, you know, and I'm just like, dang, you know, and I'm learning, wanting to learn from them, you know, I'm going to sponge it up, you know, like, man, you've got all these moving parts, all these things going on. And I, like you said, you thought you were, you're in your AP class when you're in, in high school and then you go to this other thing and you see like, man, you I thought that. I was crushing it and I'm not even... I'm not even there. I need to scratch the surface. Yeah, I mean, and like, so there's people out there that do that. They're extraordinary, you know, and you see it all the time because we work with so many other businesses and I talk to them and I'm just like, man, I thought I was crushing it. Like, crap. I'm not, I I thought I was at 100%. I'm like, compared to them, I'm like, you know, 52%, you know? And so you're like, you know, I ask, like, how do you do this? How do you do that? You know, because, you know, I want to take it in and be able to, use that for myself and also share it with other people. And then those people are out there. And you're just like, how did you get that much done during the day? Where did you shave uh, time off and, and uh, increase efficiency and all this stuff? Because, you know, the time's the biggest issue that I have. I just don't have. And time is priceless. It is. And, you know, um, it's the leveling playing field too. And if you, if you, if you're not using it right, it just, it just steamrolls on you. And so that's always my big thing every day is the time. You know, and um, I'm learning. That's that's been my big goal is how to use it more wisely. How do I get more out of it? So um, <clears throat> during this whole past year, I've been trying to make about five phone calls on average a week just to different retailers or uh, vendors of ours. Hey, what are you doing? What's working? What's how, how are things? Checking in on you type of thing. And learning from them and also giving some stuff that's working or not working from us. Save them time. Save us time. By growing together and working together, you know, you're kind of str- you're certainly stronger. And and I think that those short 10, 15-minute phone calls, that although that takes my time away from something else I could be doing, I think in the long run, saves me time. Yeah. <laughs> so thinking through that, it's like, because some people would be like, dude, you're wasting your time doing this. But is it really a waste of time? Or is it really a waste of time? I don't know. And so you kind of, that's been my big thing that I've been concentrating on personally is using it wisely and taking the time away from something that needs time put to it to come up with a better way to so therefore (laughs) you see Mm -hmm. the the domino effect it's interesting you know yeah and instead of like watching that like 20 minute uh series on Netflix you could be doing like you can make a call to a manufacturer learn updates I was like exactly like you were saying make your time more efficient and that's something that as a college student I feel like because that's the demographic primarily is like young entrepreneurs, college people, like people just starting out. I was, 
um, that haven't seen that paved road yet to really see from people that have done this, done that, done everything. Like, it's funny because you said that you see these people and I, I see you in that sense. I was like, man, how do you get all this done? That's the biggest thing for me. I was like, man, this is dope. You have two locations, a barbecue rub. Like, mm-hmm. that's so cool, man. And I, I see you have a uh, leather work over there too. Yeah. And one thing I did want to touch on, I forgot to mention, I was like, I remember you uh, reading somewhere that you did uh, leather work in Mexico. Yeah. So <clears throat> um, there was uh, um, the family, uh, I went to school for a while in Mexico, and um, there was the family that I, it was in the leather capital of Mexico. And I was, um, uh, we would actually, um, I learned a bunch down there, of course, but it, growing up with my granddad, you know, he'd always uh, messing with saddles and stuff like that and different leather apparatuses for different stuff for cattle and horses and just farm life type stuff. He was always repairing things. And I was, I would kind of learn from him on that. Um I would buy different vintage leather bags and stuff like that and repair them. And I was making leather goods when I started Man Ready, you know, wallets and belts and dog collars and all these different things. And I, um, and uh, even before that, whenever in, in um, when I was living in Austin, we would make, me and my friends, we would make leather goods and we would sell them on, uh, called, I think it was called like, I think it was called First Thursdays on South Congress. It's called First Choices. And we'd set up tables there and we'd sell leather goods. We couldn't sell beer, but we'd have a keg back there. And we would, uh, for every purchase, you got a free cup of beer, you know? So it was a pretty good little little thing we had there. And then... I know I would go. (laughs) Right? And then we'd go into... um, We'd make like leather bracelets and stuff like that. And we would make... We would give them to the door guys uh, at the bars and just kind of uh, be friends. It's like a little bribe, I guess. And so we would always like roll up to them. You know, it's kind of like palming them something was like palming, <laughs> like illegal, but it was really just a little, it was like leather, a drug deal. <laughs> yeah, it's like a little leather bracelet, but you know, so we made buddies with all of them and, and stuff like that with these bracelets. It's so weird. And they'd be like, Hey, can you make one for my girlfriend? Or can you make one for my buddy? And we'd roll up there and palm them a bracelet and get in, cut in front of the line. So it was like our little underground guide to cutting in line. You know, real, yeah, you were, you were the guy asshole, back then. Real asshole move. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it's kind of fun. But we, yeah, me and my, my friend Paul, we would go and, and set up there on those little booths and sell uh, the leather goods. and um, So, yeah, that was a lot of fun. But, yeah, we have um, – that reminds me. So this space, when we got it here, we uh, we were – like I said earlier, we were making everything downstairs and officing down here. And then we would um, sell it. Uh, up upstairs, but we a couple of years ago we turned this downstairs space into a shoppable area and moved everything from here into our production space down the road. Now we have our own leather workshop in there, candle making, all that stuff over there, and that's where they ship out all the stuff for wholesale. And then we have Chad that works here, amazing human. Um, yeah, he's been here for years now, and he does all the leather work over there. So he'll design some of the stuff. I'll design some of the stuff, um, and we. Um, we hand stitch everything over there. So we incorporate some of that stuff from the past into that. Now we don't use any machines. We have a lifetime warranty on all the leather goods. Wow. Uh, we have, uh, we use the top leather tanneries in the world for that. Um, but we inventory all the leather over there and it's an event space. It's got a, like a, a kitchen that we put in there and all kinds of cool. It's just really cool. Uh, old vintage pool table, dartboard, ping pong, high definition projector. Um, and we're going to, whenever we're able to, to do everything again, uh, with the public, we're going to have some uh, really cool events over there. So you guys will definitely have to come. And, um, 
We used to do leather workshops over there, actually. Oh, cool. Yes, yeah, so you could come in, you'd sign up, and we'd teach you how to make your own leather wallet. We did stuff like that with Father's Day. And um, there for a while, we were doing, like, fly tying. Like, uh, one of the guys that works here is a big fly fisherman, Mike. Oh, cool. And he would teach. Uh, yeah, we have all this, the equipment for that and teach you how to make flies, uh, which is really cool. I don't know how to do it, but I, I want to learn. Um, what else were we doing? We were doing candle making classes here as well. Um He's going to, Mike was going to do some casting lessons for like learning how to cat, you know, fly oh, fish, cool. which is really neat. I don't know how to do that either when I'm looking forward to it. So we want to get some interactive sort of family oriented stuff coming, open up the target audience on, you know, or your audience on uh, some stuff. Cause people thought that we were like kind of selling to just kind of a younger crowd here. And that's not really the case. Yeah. I think it's probably because our store is a little, it's a little more on the premium side of pricing and typically, you know, just. You know, when you're younger, you just don't have that kind of pocketbook, you know, yeah. you're rolling with when you're, as opposed to when you're 35 or, you yeah. know, further along. So you just didn't have time to build it up, that bankroll. But um, so our average age group's about, you know, I'd say 30 to 40 range. Um, and, um, but we're wanting to be able to have, we don't want just, that's not our goal. We want to be able to have stuff for guys, stuff for gals, stuff for if you're six years old or 86 years old, yeah. you know? And, um, so we're changing a few different things because we've seen, learned a lot from the buying patterns that they've changed over the past year. So we're going to a more, a little bit more of a general store vibe, uh, kind of the old school rock candy and, you know, like <clears throat> a little bit, you know, um, more of the home good type stuff, you know, people are, they're just at home more, you know, yeah. they're not traveling as much. Uh, they're, uh, so, so the buying patterns changed and we're kind of adapting into that. So we are making some changes here and then, um, hopefully, you know, sooner than later, we're going to be able to get and invite people over there to our, to our little production space. Cause it is cool. Really cool. And we'll do some stuff in our new Austin location, which is a beautiful, uh, location there as well. And it's very, and like here, which is very rustic and sort of what they call like brick and mortar, a little bit old, very old school, you know, with the decor. Um, the Austin location is more of an industrial kind of feel because of the the, the building itself. So half of it's um, uh, glass walls and then, uh, you know, exposed uh, galvanized pipe and concrete, you know, on the ceilings and kind of, you know, it's got, got those brick and mortar walls too, but it's definitely a little bit more Light and airy, and um, just a, a little different vibe over there. Also, like a little bit more modern. A little bit more modern. Um, it's just a beautiful shop, and um, we're gonna do some stuff over there. So we got our wheels turning about the what's the next thing, you know? Because we're always trying to come out with like the thing, and uh, uh, we're we're hot and heavy on that. It's not enough time in the day, huh? <laughs> not enough time in the day. Uh, <laughs> but we we've got a good crew that's got some good creative energy and ideas. And we're gonna we're gonna roll out some fun stuff that I think is gonna the families in, in Houston and, and Austin are definitely gonna both, uh, will both enjoy. And uh, we're we, you know we're we just don't let up. So, given that you said that uh, your time is so valuable, how do you reset? Like, what do you do to like kind of bring you back? Because I know that you get overwhelmed after a while. It's like, how do you get back? You know, it's like relax, reset. What do you? What are some of the things that you do? Well, one of my favorite things to do is, is definitely cooking. And, um, a lot, I know a lot of people, they think it's just, it's more stress or it stresses them, you know, it's just not fun. Or, uh, the last thing they want to do is have to go home and cook. To me, I'm really interested in that even more so now than ever. Uh, I've always enjoyed it, but I'm look, I try to look at the things that bring positive energy and positivity to things and unity and, um, um, uh, 
brings friends and family and people like that closer. Uh, what I see in the world is people doing the exact opposite. Yeah. Uh, I think that, you know, um, I, and, I, and I don't I don't agree with it whatsoever. I think that you can have your own ideas and beliefs and opinions and so and so forth. But you need to also respect others as well. Um, and I just see people so beat up and divided and this and that and the other thing. I want my, to use my time to bring people together to um, be able to share a meal, to share civil, normal conversation, talk things through, you know, like, you know, I, I didn't have that opportunity whenever I was younger. You know, my dad was always gone in the military and, you know, all sorts of stuff. We never sat at the dinner table. We never talked about our day. We never talked about our feelings. We never talked about or through anything ever. And it, it, I, I don't like that. <clears throat> I think that there is much more that can be gained by, you know, Hey kids, hey friends, hey neighbor, hey family, whatever. Dinner's at 7.30. Everybody comes, they sit down, they have that reset moment and they take the time to listen to other people, care about, understand where they're coming from on things, talk things through if it's, if they're not seeing eye to eye on them instead of just punch them in the gut and they better like it. This is the way it's going to be. And yeah. you're a dumbass because you're Police not, themselves. You know, you're, yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. Cause nobody else can do it for you. People yeah. think that how you can do all this and that. Well, you got to take care of it at home because you can't, you can't do it there. Then <laughs> you think the world's going to change or be a better place. If you can't even take care of your own little world in your own little house. Yeah. Can't so, get your house secured. So I mean, so, how yeah, do you expect to do anything so, else? Yeah. You're just, otherwise you're just grabbing and planning. You're not adding, you're not, you're not fixing anything. You can't even fix your own problems at your own home. So don't go expect to solve the world, everything else, if you can't even take care of your own shit. So my little way of doing it, and I enjoy cooking. It calms me down, makes me think, you know, I'm not thinking about anything else. You know, I'm kind of, I'm just worried about how to take care of that person I'm entertaining, whether it's a friend, family, neighbor. Um, you know, I'm going to have all the crew members come over individually, you know, uh, and cook for them, you know, and be able to, like, you know talk to them and get to know them better, you know, and all that stuff. Yeah. I think those things are important. I don't think people take the time to do those things. They don't take the time to listen. They're just so wrapped up in their own thing. They don't want to see other anybody else's idea, thought, this, that, whatever. It's this way or no way. You're a dumbass if you think otherwise, right? Yep. And so I think that that just with that simple little thing like cooking a good meal, having a drink, glass of wine, sharing a glass of bourbon or, or <clears throat> pouring somebody a glass of bourbon or whatever it may be, that that really goes a long way, and I think that's a big thing that people miss a lot on on things. And they just, you know, that's a good time to be able to uh, take care of yourself reset. and reset. And that's that's what I enjoy doing. And then I like you know going out and doing stuff. I have two two Weimaraners like going out and doing stuff with them, or maybe I'll go mountain biking or you know running with the dogs. Just you know the normal average human stuff, but. The, most of my friends and people, they don't, they don't like cooking. They don't like taking time to do that. And I think that's a big li missing link in the way that things need to be done. You know, because you're feeling, if you're, if you're not, if you're doing that, you're not frustrated with your spouse or your partner or your friend or your kids or whoever. You're, you're now things are nice and tight. It's kind of like making that bed, you know, but it's in the, it's an evening item. You did your morning thing, but you also did your evening thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think that, that if you're not, you know, because you, you know how it is, like if you're fighting with your, boyfriend or girlfriend or whoever it is and you're not taking the time to talk it through and you're just pissed for the next week or two and you've always told it. Yeah. yeah you're kind of you're bought it's bottled up in you yeah. right because you didn't get it off your chest you didn't take the time to talk about it you didn't take you just 
you lashed out or they lashed out and you just, there was no resolution. Yeah. And then maybe it happens with another person or a friend or your neighbor because their dog crapped in your yard or whatever it is and you never talked to them. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And now you got two or three or four or five of those people, maybe a coworker or you got all these different people. Now you just never, you never had a solution. You never, you, you just hated the, the way or you just really disliked these different situations with these other people. I don't want to say hate, but, um, now you've got three or four or five of them going on, right? Yeah, now you're really like <laughs> crap. You know, so how how are you going to go crush life? And if you've got those that keep Hunker compounding, down with nothing yeah, yeah, it's just on your, it's just on your thing. So you know, I know what I. I mean, who am I? I mean, I, I, I we make candles for I make candles for a living and some barbecue rubs, but but those are you know people ask me you know like you or whoever you know about what do I do? That's and what what's my thoughts? I think that 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 little bit of time there that's in the evening you know that i think that goes a long way and i think people they overlook it and um i think that that's a good use of your time i agree like i i feel like today especially maybe just in america in general it's like there's always there's like you always gotta go 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 always running always you know always doing something keeping yourself busy but i feel like people don't get to sit back and relax and you know deal with your thoughts and decompress and i feel it's necessary as a person in general is like just to, you know, say all your feelings. It's kind of like you said, I was like, I wasn't raised and um, to talk about my feelings. I wasn't really raised. My parents worked two different jobs, different times. So we ate when, whenever uh, they had time. And I had to figure that out as soon as I, you know, got out the house that I was like, yo, I was like, this isn't, it's like, I don't like feeling like this all the time. I want to talk. I was like, but it's also seen as by society is like, no, it was like, you're a dude. You can't be talking about your feelings. Yeah. Yeah. Which is weird too, in my opinion, you know, I think that, you know, you should be able to do all that stuff, you know, <clears throat> again, it's, that was something that I didn't have control over growing up. You asked me earlier if I had any regrets on early life and so on and so forth. I, I regret not being able to have the opportunity to have that. I never had the opportunity, you know, um, because I couldn't change that. You know, I can't change what I'm going to buy for dinner, you know. Yeah. You know, you're not, it's out of your control. Yeah, I'm not, you know, hopping in the car when I'm nine years old and cruising down to the grocery store to buy a T-bone and cook it up on the grill, you know. I mean, it's just not reality. So, um, you know, that, you know, there's so many different things I guess you get into, but I think that's one big one now that I think of it. And uh, um, I think that uh, there's so many different ways that many people can see in their own life about how to concentrate on some of those things that, that brings positivity. You know what I mean? How you handle your social media. That's one thing. Are you, um, one of these people that, um, are you one of these people that promotes positivity during the day or, or your agenda or whatever you want to call it in a positive way? Are you putting it out there in a way that really creates more animosity? You know what I mean? Yeah. You give, you give and you take as in depending like what you want that to be is how you're going to give to other people. Yeah, I mean, think about it this way. So, you know, I see some of this stuff. You know, I canceled my uh, um, I canceled my um, AT&T Uber, or whatever it's called, uh, cable TV. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, that really helped a lot. So that, I, you know, I can kind of like, okay, this is gone. I can concentrate on, on myself and some other things, doing things with my dogs, my girlfriend, my family, you know, my friends. So I just kind of like just get some of these things off my plate so I can concentrate, you know, like it's, it's yeah, done. Yeah, you took out one distraction and then you're it's able a, to focus on more. Yeah, you know, and so I, I don't do that with a number of different little things. And But I um, I think that, you know, the because the, so many of our businesses and 
ran off of social media, right? Yeah. And then also so much of our personal life is almost is is really uh, ran off of social media to some degree too. Meaning like you're you want to you know sharing your your dinner with your on yeah. Facebook sure, with your family, your happy times. the happy times, how the kids are growing up, what yeah. the, how the dogs are doing or whatever. And it's your way of keeping track with old friends and so on and so forth. And sometimes making new friends. But I think you, you know, I, I, I like to think that there, if you have an idea or you, or you want to have somebody see things more your way, I think that people, again, it just goes to, to how can you change the world if you're not taking care of things at home? I think you have to use that wiser you know, and sharper and to your advantage more. And I see people failing on that. And so I'll give you an example that I can just think of off the top of my head. Let's just say, uh, this is, I guess, kind of a reality back home. Um, when I was younger, people, you know, you're either a Ford guy or you were a Chevy guy, yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> and so. Which are you? Uh, probably more of a Chevy guy. Really? Yeah. But I'm a Ford guy. <laughs> I, I drive a Toyota though. So, okay. Uh, but, um, anyway, I, um, but what if I wanted, but what if, um, say I'm a Chevy guy and you're a Ford guy and I, and I, and I thought that Chevy's were the best and you thought that Ford's were the best. That's fine. That's fine. Right. Yeah. But what if I came in and I said, no, now I'm posting, you and I are friends on Facebook and I'm posting every day, you know, anybody that has a Ford's a Effing dumbass. He's shit. Everybody knows yeah. that Chevys get better gas mileage. They have more horsepower, and they're they're you're you're a pervert if you don't like a if you don't like a Chevy if you drive a Ford. And you're like, hey, hold on, here. I'm not a pervert. <laughs> At least I don't think I am. Maybe. And I mine gets 22 miles to the gallon, and blah 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 blah. But I I kind of agitated you probably because I basically just. Yeah, I just kind of pissed you off. You, yeah. yeah, I just was at you, right? And and then you're probably going to come back at me and say, "Hey, look, dude, don't call me enough pervert. <laughs> I'm not, you know." Uh, and uh, you know, like I love this thing; it's great gas mileage and this and that. Just because you knew a pervert that drove one doesn't mean I. Am. And so, kind of people kind of get in this pinned up thing where I could have basically came out though and said, "Hey, Christian, look, dude, I know you're a Ford guy, and about or, you know, I don't even have to call you out. Just say, hey, man." Look at this truck. Take a picture of my, my nice Chevy. This thing gets 26 miles to the gallon. It is a dream in so many different ways with its leather seats and this and this and this. And look at all these features. And uh, I know a lot of y'all out there like your Fords, but, you know, next time you're near a Chevy lot, maybe pop by and take a look in one for a test Just drive. Just get in one. Yeah. Just get in one. See if you like some of these features. So I just think that how you handle yourself in your personal life and, your, and how you conduct yourself in your business, there's analogies that can be made in so many different ways. Now, when it just came to my head, like there's a way you, if I had, if I came at you with that conversation and had thought about how I was coming and delivering it to you, you might say, well, sh- man, this guy's, it's pretty, he loves that Chevy. What if, what am I not seeing? Yeah, why does he love it so much? <laughs> well, yeah. You <laughs> might just say, you know what? I might stop by that Chevy dealership next time I'm cruising by one. Just take it for a test drive. See how it is. Just to look at it hurt. Yeah. But but people don't see that, you know, and they they just want to. So I I think that that's something that I'm really trying to promote to my friends and family and and follow myself is be a better listener, you know, um, and understanding and seeing more people's ideas and thoughts and so on and so forth. And I think that that's something that. Uh, like I said earlier, you know, I call a lot of our vendors and other retailers and ask them what's going on, you know, and what that means is 
you know, what's going on with your sales and what's right, what's wrong, what are you seeing, what's your thoughts, you want to talk about personal stuff, that's fine too, but I want to learn from all of it and listen on, on, on all those things. And then, you know, and a lot of times I'll ask my opinion too about different things and so on and so forth. And I'm hoping they'll learn something too. And, and, um, the, having that really good communication, I think helps in so many different ways and sharing positive thoughts and this and that. And so even if you can't say, <clears throat> donate money to this organization or this and that, and you always want to, you can do some things that are, <clears throat> um, creative without maybe having to invest so much time that's very hard to get these days as we mentioned and, and and you don't have to have big pocketbooks you know you can just use that positive energy to be a better person to yourself like i said earlier so therefore you can be a better person to this and that yeah. and the other thing and i think that if everybody did those things things would be a lot more beneficial to to all of us in our small businesses and our personal lives and so on and so forth so those are things i kind of look at I'm really kind of taking a step back on and really analyze and how can I just be a better person every day? Yeah. You know? <laughs> sounds great, but it's... Sounds it's so a, simple. It's, but it's a challenge. You take a step but, back and you realize it's like you're never done learning with anything. Yeah. You're always going to learn something new. You're always going to learn something from another person. There's these little lessons that you that you see in a day and it's whether you can apply them to your life and what value they have to you. And that's something that I wanted to show to my audience too is like, look, this guy, I was like, he... You know, everyone talks good about him. Even though he runs a business, he makes it for profit and all this stuff. I was like, he obviously wants to make a living. But it's a, he's a, not just a business owner, he's a leader. He, And that's the one thing I've seen in some businesses where, you know, these guys really good at business, does all the numbers great, but his employees can't get behind them because they don't, you know, he's like, he's, he's not a good leader. He's not a people person. He's not, he doesn't have the emotional intelligence to tell how people are feeling about him. And that's the biggest thing I feel like people forget is just it's like you want to be someone that people can get behind. Right. And I see that with your employees that they, you know, nothing but good things from from now. I mean, I given you pay them. So, I mean, they kind of have to say the good things. But, <laughs> <laughs> but. Oh, I'm sure there's plenty of things that, yeah, that haven't always worked out that way, you know, and so and so forth. But, yeah, we, the point is, is, is you're trying, you know, and, you know, there's people that are just trying to be. It's almost like they're trying to just be a prick every, you yeah. know, for whatever the reason. That's my point. Like, I, I, I try to be a nice guy. I try to be a good guy and so on and so forth. And um, there's so many, many people that don't see that and whatever, I guess, are out there. I don't, I don't, I don't have it called to, <laughs> brought up to my attention, thank goodness. But uh, uh, but the point is, is you know, we're, we're trying over here. The crew is always trying to be, you know, learn and grow it every day as well. And it's just a really cool feeling, you know. And, um, you know, so much to learn, so much to do. Um uh, you know, we're, and we're trying to, you know, when, now that we have a lot of sort of big picture things that we're kind of tackling and we have free uh, kind of minds to be able to think about some of that stuff, uh, we're trying to head into, you know, we're trying to focus on some marketing and things like that to kind of put, build back the pieces from this past year. You know, there's, it has not been easy for us, just like many people. Uh, we have a lot of friends that don't have businesses anymore. So we're trying to learn from some of that stuff and they come out with some really cool, exciting and fun, you know, um, <clears throat> marketing concepts for our business that the crew's involved in. We incorporate them on making decisions on a lot of different things, making them feel more involved. And, you know, and I, you know, like I told her, you know, the, the crew many times, you know, during all the, a lot of stuff that, we, you know, this past year, you know, all the, the, all that stuff can be going on out there. But when you come in here, 
I want you to. I want you to come in with a free mind and be present. Uh, be present. Have a be ready to work and have a good time and all those things and have our own little almost oasis here to yeah. some degree because you know we, they all deserve it. We deserve it and. You know, the community deserves to be able to come in to this type of place and, and see that kind of vibe and that look on your face and that smile on the face. And that, um, it just goes a long way. And uh, I like to think that's why, you know, a lot of the, a lot of folks come in because they want to see this great, energetic, hardworking person there that's friendly and inviting. And you just don't feel like, you know, like you do maybe when you go to a big department store. You go in, maybe the person's nice, like, hey, welcome in. Let me know if you need anything. Yeah. Oh. Cut Great. short, nice, yeah. You're mm-hmm. nice. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like here, you know, like, hey, welcome in. You know, my name's Travis. What brings you in today? Uh, just looking around. Cool. Looking for something for yourself or somebody else, you know? Ah, kind of a birthday gift. Awesome. Who's the person? Wow. They're thinking like, oh, they're actually yeah. <laughs> sincerely <laughs> interested. They actually really care. I didn't they're think actually, I'd get this far. <laughs> they're really working for, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, they're like, well, you know, my girlfriend, you know. Awesome. What's she into? She cook? Does she drink? Does she travel? You know, and like, okay, we've got these cool whatever, whatever. And so you kind of know how to, you went that extra step and instead of just being nice and f- friendly, I guess, um, to actually caring about why they're there, custom catering, that buying experience to their whoever or, or whatever. And that's just an extra layer of value. And then, you know, and then if when they do pick up the product, you know, you can chime in on something about it. You know, you know, this is made locally here by, you know, Christian, you know, makes, you know, coconut candles, you know, with his mom or whatever, you know, that got her away from buying, you know, Yankee candles. And so, or whatever the story is, you know, yeah. and so they burn longer or whatever. And so um, those are things that is a value added benefit. And in a world where so many things are now getting more and more online, how do you stand out, especially as a small business when you don't have big SEO, I mean, big marketing budgets and redo. Yeah, you have millions of dollars yeah. to appeal to all the yeah. audience. Yeah, pay-per-clicks and uh, the big ad campaigns and ad firms and PR firm, all the stuff that's doing all this stuff for you. You don't have that. So you have to get really sharp, be savvy with your time and like all these things, how they're correlating together because you were bogged down with all this stuff. How are you going to be able to go in and concentrate a clear mind on how to do some of this stuff to be able to generate? Yeah. <laughs> you see how the, the, yeah. the, 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 the all does a loop. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so that's the thing. Um, so you gotta, you gotta take care of that and, um, and all these mini little, little areas. And so anyway, we're, we're, there's a, I, we've got quite a few things going on, you know, um, on the, on the marketing forefront that we're excited to get into and try out and test the waters with. And uh, so that's very exciting for us. And um, a lot of, there's a lot of really good things that we're going to be releasing here in the near future that you'll see on social media and so forth. But we're going to have some fun. That's for sure. Very excited. Yeah, I'm excited too, man. I was like, <laughs> uh, like I said, I've been following you all on social media for a long time, like your mission statement. I feel also that people underestimate the word of mouth, how powerful it really is. Because if you say, it was like, look, I was like, I have this candle. It was like, but it's from this place. I was like, that it really instills like all the stuff that I like growing up. I was like, that I, I, I grew up with as a kid. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's very powerful. It was like, they're going to say it to their brother or they're going to say it to their girlfriend or friend. Mm-hmm. And even though you don't have that millions of dollars of like, you know, PR team, all that marketing campaigns, I feel like it's just as powerful when you have somebody. I feel like it's a lot more impactful when you have somebody that you know, give a good positive rating for your product. Yeah. And the likelihood of them because i see ads on facebook and i'm like ah I'm like all right i was like keep on skip or you know go forward keep on going but it's like when someone recommends me this specifically i was like 
they're, I know this person. Like, they're not going to, you know, try to feed me shit. I was like, they're, they're going to, they're saying this because they really do believe in this mission statement. They, mm-hmm. they believe in this vision. They believe in the product. <laughs> yeah. And that's, I'm a lot more, I'm almost like a hundred percent more likely to come and visit this. And I was like, I want to see what all the hub is about. But my friends are saying it. I was like, I want to see. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. You always want to see it for yourself. Yeah. No, that's kind of like you said with the Chevy. I was like, yeah, I'll see it. I was yeah. like, let me, let me see you how the test but, the water. But yeah. You, you will, you will go test it out because of the way I approached you on it. Right. Yeah. If I went the other direction though, reactionary. Now you would never. Yeah. I was like, you would never, you, you hate it. You would hate it. That shit. Yeah. Because of the way I came out the first, in that first scenario. You, 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 you're dodging, uh, Chevy dealership. You hate the Chevy dealership because of how I came across to you once or twice or two or three or four or five times or whatever. And so that's something I think that people need to kind of really think about, you know, wish I get that message out there better, but you know, and have somebody do a cool, awesome scripted little scenario of what I'm really trying to get at here, you know, but, um, that's, uh, huge to me, you know? is um, being able to, to get through all these different scenarios and things like that in a positive manner. It's just, you know, because I want to be able to look back, you know, to kids and grandkids and so on and so forth and someday and be like, hey, we went through this, for the, in this instance, through this pandemic or whatever, through this and that or whatever, and say, that, you know what, son, this is the lessons I learned. This is what I did. And these are some thoughts, you know, that words of wisdom, you know, you're always looking for from, you know, yeah. I want to be able to give that. But how... Am I going to be one of these people that can legitimately give that? Or am I just going to be like, well, you know, went through this and that sucked. <laughs> and I basically just added, you know, I just was a prick the whole time. And I did this and I didn't do, you know, I mean, like, just griped the whole time. And I, yeah, know. no one likes a negative person. No. And it's just, you see it everywhere. And I just, like, man, I want to avoid it. You know, I just, I want to, I want to, um, you naturally gravitate towards positive people. Always. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's just a huge deal. I mean, I just think about it all the time. You know, how can you, how can you better yourself every day and how can you better the lives of others? And it's, that's just a, to me, a, a, it's just always in my mind, you know? And sometimes whenever I'm start going down that road of like, I just want to snap because I've got so many things going on and I just want to have a meltdown and go cry in the bathtub in the fetal position like a, you know. <laughs> have like, that rose's bath salt. Right? <laughs> like I'm just, when I have a meltdown, I'm just like, okay, I got to like pump the brakes. Remember like, you know, you're going you're gonna to figure this out. Think it through. Get through it. Don't be a pain to somebody else around you and let people see that you're just having this meltdown. You know, go go sulk for a second and then okay okay i got my wits about me i'm gonna figure this out i'm gonna work it out i'm gonna let others see that i got through this tough situation and be an inspiration to them too and um you know so i think that it's just for me it's a good way to get through things and i you know i get curveballs thrown at me every day with all <laughs> kinds of stuff we have a lot of moving parts you know a lot of moving parts um and um that's just how I'm, I'm rolling these days with stuff. So, is that a, a changed mindset from when you were younger, or have you always had really this this sense of the not young, younger? I mean, I definitely cared, you know, about you know, like I was saying earlier, you know, like respecting neighbors and this and that. But you know, you're, I was a little bit more into things just for myself, you know. Hmm. Um, I think for like a lot of young people, but, you know. Um, just because I was always kind of in survival mode, you know, I mean, I wasn't going to like die, I don't think, but I was like, <laughs> I definitely had to have a way to pay my rent in college because I can guarantee you they would kick me out if I wasn't. Oh, yeah. but, uh, that's they for sure. 20 right there ready to replace they, They're going to buy, they're going to rent it out to somebody else. Uh, and I, I, so I just, you know, 
I, I definitely had, I, I definitely were, I didn't have other people that depended on me. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if I didn't pay my rent, it was just me that didn't pay my rent. If I didn't work hard that week, that mean that, and whatever, then I'd have less money in my bank account. In yeah. my bank account. Yeah. You know, um, up there was no other people that depended on me. You know, to just go south, to go south, and I'm the only one that. Yeah. Is the negative. I'm the only one that's gonna get the consequences. Yeah. This is, now it's like not not like that. So I could uh, still have that kind of mindset, and but I just don't. You know, I just I, I care <laughs> <laughs> sometimes too much, and it draws me a little batty. Uh, you know, when I'm sitting at home trying to just chill out sometimes, you know, I'm like thinking your, your mind's wondering about this and this and this. Could I have done this better? And da, 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 da. so it's hard to turn that off, you know. Um, and then, yeah, that's why I like to resort to, you know, even staying busy, like, you know, doing some of the cooking, some of those things like that, and entertaining or whatnot, just kind of keeps my mind from sort of going little, drifting into those little, negative waters. Yeah. Because yeah. you, you know, you're again, like, yeah, said, it always mind. happens to everybody. Yeah. I was like, always. So, so if you, if you try to, again, do the, the can focus on the positive and energetic and good things to yourself and for others and that's going to kind of keep your mind from kind of drifting off and your mind from going to that that other place that you don't get much value out of if any yeah like, i feel like it's what you believe or what you really preach is the outcome that you're going to get yeah, if you I mean, preach positive you're going to get a positive reaction if you're legitimately really trying to do that yeah yeah, yeah. trying to help buddy help somebody as like people help you in your time of need yeah it's like, I know, I was like, I can call anybody, like any one of my friends. I was like, if my tire uh, popped, give me, I don't need their help. But if I did, yeah, uh, you know, yeah. just saying that I didn't, yeah, I was, yeah. uh, they would come in a heartbeat, even if it like two or three in the morning. It's because like, I try to be the best person that I can be so I can give my best self to everybody else. Yeah. and it, But if you were that kind of pain in the ass friend or that kind of that, yeah. eh, that kind of business owner, that just when, kind you, of, when you need them. Or if you're, yeah. Or if yeah. you're that business owner that was kind of always, you know, they were just, they were, they, they were, you know, I, I see them out there, you know, they're like yeah. posting on other business owners, Instagram, you know, social medias and this. And I'm like, dang, man, like, it's wow, out here. Yeah. You, you're, a, you're really calling out that other business owner. Yeah. Like you're like putting them out. And I'm like, that's, I, I don't know about that. You know, yeah. like, I think that's kind of a little odd. I wouldn't do that. Um, but if you're kind of that pain in the ass human as a friend or family member or whatever, man, that when that tire does blow out on the freeway and you're standing out there, you know, you might not be, you might not have a whole lot of people wanting might to come help you out. Yeah. <laughs> you might need to call AAA yeah. because, you know, they don't know who you are and they just want to take your money. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that goes a long way. That's a pretty good way to look at things. Uh, but are you that type of person that people are going to bend over to help, um, you know, backwards to help whenever you're in need? Or are you the person that is kind of that people are going to be like, oh my God, what does this guy want? That taker versus that yeah. giver. Yeah, exactly. You're like, oh my God, I got a text from them. I even need to open so what does it. he want? Yeah. yeah. You know, like, crap. So which one are you? You know? I think yeah. that's a good, simple way to look at things. And, you know, I like to think if my tire pops and my buddy will come help me out and not, like, <laughs> complain about it. Oh, my God, this guy. They help this idiot, you know? Gripes all the time. Never shares his <laughs> bourbon with me, you know? Yeah. Why Stop. am I going to help this guy? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, like, you don't care. You don't, you don't want you to yeah. holding on to my thread. So, I just food for thought on a lot of these things we're kind of talking about here, and it's always good. And that's why I always enjoy, you know, doing things like this, because it gets kind of thinking and resets and recharges my batteries on some stuff that kind of puts myself accountable for, you know, different things and, and learning from it and kind of, you know, um, you know, in the end, you know, hoping that, that somebody will hear something or like, hey, you know, it's a good nugget, yeah. Yeah, like, hey, you know, maybe I can get my ass off the couch and go do something, you know? Like, yeah. Instead of just sitting here for four hours a night, maybe I could go 
Christian makes candles, I can go do that too. Maybe I could go try to make some of some whiskey glasses. I can do that too, or whatever it may be. You know, like yeah, help your you know kids make a lemonade stand for the weekend. Teach them about you know how to go volunteer at the food bank or something. Yeah, go to the animal shelter. Go do this. Go go change somebody's life or do. Even not even so much. There has to be something like changing their life. It could be just something small, you a know? positive impact. Po- just something positive, positive, positive. Just little strokes of positivity. If everybody was doing those things, pretty good stuff. Um, and that's why I'm always like thinking. And, and you know, people over time they've heard different stuff. You know, read different things in magazines or newspapers or, or news or whatever that we've done. And you know, they come in like, you know, man, I was inspired to open this store start this brand from something i heard or you say or your crew member said or you know this friend of y'all's out and that has this other store in california wherever they're at you know i talked to them about and they just inspired me it's just good to hear that people got inspired by listening to somebody else and actually went and did something that was positive it's pretty cool you know and um i don't know i mean over the years i mean i wish i could cite a specific scenario right now um but I just they've they come they've come in and, and talked about it and said this and that and I'm like wow that's pretty cool like you went out and did something extraordinary and it just started with this little thing over here like wow that's pretty cool uh, I like to hear that you know and so it's, I think that what's there there was a movie a long time ago it's like pay where they like pay it forward um, it's like an older movie I'll look up the name later but um, <clears throat> years ago I watched that and it was like. How, you know, painting a Ford with different things is, is like a, it's pretty cool. Uh, I'm really, you know, got my mind thinking about more things I could do personally. You yeah. Know? So it's, it's funny. I have this like dumb story about like one time I was at Dunkin' Donuts and someone paid for my, uh, my coffee and my, my donut or whatever. And they're like, yeah, I was like, man, that made me feel really good. I was yeah. like, all right, man, pay that person for it. And then I, it was like 36 hours. I was like, God. I was like, oh yeah, oh really? <laughs> yeah, I was like, God damn! I was like, all right. So, so you got a free five dollar coffee and donut, and then you get <laughs> the next one you paid it for. You got paid you for got, five kids, yeah. uh, two adults. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wow. So yeah, that that'd be my luck. You know, I'd be like, crap. Okay, I didn't know you were buying that bottle of wine at dinner <laughs> yeah. and all this stuff or whatever. Now that's that. I like that though. I've seen. Uh, I've had it happen a couple times in the drive-through lines over the years. Um, um, it's like really impresses me that people think like that you know yeah and it's a little things i was like because when i felt like i felt like general like happiness when i felt they're like wow somebody paid for my meal i was like what I was like, that's crazy man was, yeah. and it makes you like it, it's the little things that really impact your day it, it can is. be a little thing that uh, impacts your negativity and you have a, just a bad day or you can have some little positive thing and then you could live go about your day win the day mm-hmm. and it, it's kind of crazy because and just those little things, if you keep on doing them every day and throughout the month or year, it's like you're going to get somewhere versus like negativity, you'll probably be in a worse situation. Yeah. And that's the one thing that I've learned uh, from my parents because they would always, you know, go volunteer, go do all these things. And that's something that I really admired from them. And initially I was like, I don't know. It's like, why do you do this? I was like, you know, I you don't feel satisfaction from it. And that's the wrong way to think. I was like, and that's yeah. what. I, I don't know why I thought it was a kid, but I was like, man, I was like, you're never really helping yourself. And then I started going with them. I was like, wow, it's really nice to make somebody feel good. And that's, it doesn't necessarily make me super happy, but it's like seeing their happiness is really impacting me. Yeah. And that's what I love. And that's why I try to get back to, you know, the community as much as I can. I go volunteer every Christmas and Thanksgiving at the yeah. citywide club, you know, trying to give soups, all that stuff as, uh-huh. as much as I can, because I really believe I was like, 
the positive energy that you get out there is going to be the result. And you could be a change in someone's life, even though it might be small. It might cause that little uh, micro happiness so that way they're in a lot better place in the future. Because mm-hmm. a lot of these people, as like homeless people, they just had nothing but negativities, like stuff come bring them down. And just these little, like something as small as like a soup or like, you know, it's like a blanket or it might influence them and try to, you know, change their life around. And that's one thing. That's like for me, I want it for them. And I want to put that out there. I want to be known as a person that, you know, cared much more than myself. I want, I, I have a big heart. I was like, I'm a cry baby. I was like, if people cry, I cry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's like the biggest thing is for me is I want people to feel happy because when they're happy, I'm happy. Yeah, no, that's a great way to, that's a, I'd say that's a pretty good attitude. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right, bro. So one thing before we go, because yeah. I know your time is important. So you mentioned heirlooms. What is an heirloom you'll give to your children, your grandchildren? Well, I'd like to say proudly enough that I've, I would say, call it invested into many different little heirloom items over the years. And I've kind of either given away or in some cases sold uh, a lot of stuff that is unneeded. Uh, and kind of got that sort of, you know, that clutter out of my life, the stuff that I really don't care about, the stuff that really doesn't maybe, you know, in many cases have that kind of story. You know, it's something that maybe somebody else could get more benefit out of or, or they could use. Um, so I just give it to different types of different people. And, um, you know, I, I, I dropped a lot of stuff. I, I recently moved and I was, um, I was going to take some of my stuff to one of the big, um, like the donation centers <clears throat> without saying any names. But I was like, I wonder where this money like goes when they sell it, you know? Cause I don't know. You know, yeah. I like to know where the no one really knows. I don't know. You know, so I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to start taking this stuff to, you know, dropping it off to different actual homeless people and they can do it with whatever they want. Yeah. They can wear it. They can use it. They can sell it. They can, I don't know, whatever. It's like, I, I, cause I know exactly where it's going. And here in, in the Heights, you know, I've got, I know that there's certain guy, you know, guys and gals that are in different areas that I see all the time. So I would drop it. I would go to those different places and, fit, you know, give those clothing items and different old, like, you know, bedding and different stuff that was, uh, just clutter in my life. But yeah. very, like you said, it's that little small nut. It's that very small thing that could be the huge game changer for somebody else. That baseball cap that I don't wear might keep the sun off somebody's you know, exposed head or yeah. uh, those sunglasses I don't wear out of the sun out of their eye, whatever. I don't know. I'm just coming to whatever's coming to mind here. I'm saying, but um, you just don't know how much you can mean to somebody else. That blanket that you don't use or that, you know, windbreaker that you don't use yeah. or whatever, that raincoat. <clears throat> so I was starting to do that, that sort of stuff. So now I've kind of dwindled things down to like, I've got, you know, some really cool, like, say like leather bags and stuff like that that I just have so much character you know wax canvas and leather and stuff like that and the cool like hand hammered rivets on the stress points and the you know the old YKK zippers and stuff so I really like stuff like that the practical I think it's cool hand-me-down items um so I you know I really I I I like stuff like that it's stuff that's like it's been places it has a story you know whenever you're talking about it and say you give it to your kids your grandkids you're like you know i bought this here and then this is how i conditioned it with this and this is how i cared for it and then i took this to all these xyz locations and this is the life it's lived with me and i think that's kind of cool um but um yeah i collect a lot of little things (laughs) and i've been getting rid of a lot of that stuff so a lot of there's some there's some people 
around here in this area that were in need of some stuff. And they got some cool stuff, I'll tell you, because I hooked them up. <laughs> you got some swag. <laughs> they got some stuff. I will tell you that right now. So, uh, and, I, and I felt great about doing that. I, you know, I, I like that feeling a lot. Actually, you know, I did uh, something, kind of a last little story here. I did something pretty cool. I want to do more of it. Um, during Valentine's, I made some, um, um, Kindle that works here. She was wanting us to make cookies or something. And so, um, something we, something changed or whatever. And so I was, I ended up making some cookies. Um, they're like white chocolate, cranberry, oatmeal cookies or something. And so I brought them up here and I was like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to sell these cookies. We put them in little Ziploc bags and put them in little craft, little craft bags on top of that. So I'm going to sell these cookies like two for $3. And then I'm going to take all the cash. Well, cash only. We're going to take that cash and then we're going to go buy some burgers from a local small restaurant and then we're going to go give those burgers to the homeless directly. So now that little restaurant has some business. They got some business and then the homeless guys and gals got some, uh, a hot meal. So I was like, that's kind of cool. And then the, the people that, you know, we made some cool little signage and the people that bought them feel good about it too. And they got some yeah. cool cookies, right? Mm-hmm. During Valentine's. And so, um, Things like that, I think, are interesting. You know, for me, you know, what I what I spend for to make that, those cookies, you know, hardly anything. It's some yeah. flour and whatever, you know. But just from that, you went and benefited a couple different, you know, yeah. one business that also it pays their employees. So how many different employees do they have? And then you went and gave it to how many different homeless people? That's a network. So you went and changed with your $10 investment. You could make a lot of cookies for $10, yeah. you know. Um, you went and changed what you know was it 20 lives maybe or I don't, I don't know you know 15 20 30 lives i don't know so it's kind of an interesting way to look at some stuff you yeah. know and um i want to do some more of those things the crew likes it. it's fun have them involved you know everybody and, feels good at the end i mean yeah how yeah. could you not you know yeah, of like, course I mean, there's, there's, it's like again you, you find if you can find ways to do things that people can't poke holes in and have negativity towards yeah, they have no choice but to be positive. <laughs> I mean, what are you gonna, how are you going to say? I was like, oh, yeah. I mean, how dare you feed those of them? Yeah, yeah, you cruel bastard. Yeah. You know, giving them those hot hamburgers, you know? They're vegan. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yes. I mean, who yeah. knows? I mean, I guess somebody could say something about anything. But um, but you kind of want to focus on things where it's like kind of hard to find any flaws, in it, you know? And if you kind of live your life and do different things and run your business and and your personal stuff like that, then that's pretty that's pretty good stuff. And uh, and realize that whenever things aren't are getting off the rails a little bit, you know, go remove yourself from the scenario for just a second and, or whatever, and then and reevaluate and then come back. You know, yeah, get back on the track. And so it's good stuff to think about. I think you know, and, goes a long way. Yeah, and one thing that really, as a closing note, is like that stuck to me is like your employee says like everything you touch is gold. I was like, when like you said, it was like with those cookies, you gave, you gave those little nuggets of gold to those businesses, mm-hmm. to those homeless people, to everybody that felt that. And I think a lot of people go into business, you know, cause they want to be rich. I want a Lamborghini. I was like, but it's, I feel like you really don't go fil- fulfillment off of, you know, it's like materialist things. Giving back to the community mm-hmm. is one of the most important things for me. And I feel like it's very few and far in between, a lot of businesses nowadays. So it's like, I feel like even though you have all these material things, having that fulfillment in life comes from a lot more than the material. It comes from, you know, helping out. Because yeah. I really do feel that giving back to community, giving back to people that are in need is one of the best ways to leave your mark and uh, change people's lives for the positive. And that's something that I've always wanted to 
reflect in how I walk around. I was like, I'm just a normal guy. I was like, but I try as much as I can. You know, I can only do so much as one person, but hopefully if I try to instill these in my friends and my future children and my mom, I meant that they'll think the same way. And then over time, everybody will all come together and make that positive impact in the future. I think that's a, a very well worded. <laughs> that's a great, that's, that's good stuff. Christian, good stuff. Yes, sir. It's been a pleasure. It's um, been a pleasure. Let's, um, any social media or anything you want to shout out before we get close? Oh, uh, we have, you know, our, our, the man ready, um, social media is, is, you know, the company name is man ready mercantile, but, um, so everything's got a story here. Whenever <laughs> we started, it was, like I said earlier, it was all Twitter. Well, Twitter would only allow 15 characters. Oh, really? Man ready mercantile is 16. <laughs> so we had to shorten it to man ready M E R C short for mercantile. So half the people that come here think the company's name is Manready Merc. <laughs> it's not really Manready Merc. It's Manready Mercantile. But it, our Instagram and social media is at Manready M E R C. And if we get some bar- barbecue rubs, it's BBQ Rubdown. Um, and we've got manready.com and BBQ Rubdown.com. Um, but um, yeah, we don't, we don't even use that Twitter account anymore. <laughs> anymore. <laughs> no, I think it's just totally deleted. But. Um, Lots changed over the years. Hey Amen. Yeah. It's always good to look back, you know. That's right. No, it's good stuff. It's great. It's great to look back, and it's good to concentrate on moving forward. Yes, sir. So good stuff. You're always welcome here anytime, Christian. I look forward to whenever we can go. Uh, you know, have the, one of these next big awesome parties here. Whenever things cool down a little bit, it's going to be on. I mean, we're, we say used less. To, I'll be there. Yeah, we used to <laughs> we used to do it up, and I can't wait to to be back in action. Yeah, I'm so. excited, and that's the biggest thing for my podcast. Not only do I want to show these people, like I also want, you know, to have these positive people in, not necessarily like in my life, but it's like, I want to, because yes, for me, I felt like such a positive impact from you. I was like, I didn't expect this. Like, this was literally like a first, because I, I kind of have a lot of networks, but I, this is the first person that I've ever like, like kind of cold emailed mm-hmm. and I didn't expect anything. I was just like, I, I've sent maybe 50 emails already and you were one of the first ones that come back to me and I was like, man. I don't know. I don't know him. I was like, I'm kind of, kind of nervous. No, it's all good, man. man. I've had a, a great time with it. it this has been a real I've had joy. a better interview with, than some of my friends, that I, which <laughs> is insane. And I'm very happy and grateful that you took time out of your day because I know you're very busy. Well, never too busy to help somebody else out. So it's, uh, glad to do it. I'm looking forward to, you know, having you around more and, you know, just a lot of good stuff going on here. I really enjoyed the conversation. We've covered a lot of ground. Got open my eyes to a lot of things. I definitely learned something from it myself, and I and I appreciate the opportunity. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Absolutely. All right, guys. We'll catch you later. Bye.